Dave, I got a question for you. All right, go ahead, shoot. Okay. So if you had the I don't know what the actual name of it is, so I'm just gonna call it the wishing stone. Um if you had the wishing stone, what would be your one wish? I know it's a pretty loaded question. There's a lot to consider here, but what would be your one wish? Oof. That is a tough question. Mm. Uh, well, first of all, it, it goes without saying, I would hope neither one of us are that guy that says I wish for a million wishes. Not, not only that, but I hope we're also not Maxwell Lord and we wish to become the stone because that would also be a little problematic. I don't want to really bleed out of my ears. No, or my I'm, eyes. Good. I'm no. good with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, I, I would probably wish for like, I don't even know, honestly. That's a great question. Yeah, it's it's a loaded one for sure. Um, I would probably just go with like the like the easy route is like a million bucks. Like just give me money. Like I'll take money. That's cool. Like if you're gonna wish for money though, wouldn't you just wish to be financially secure for the rest of your life? Yeah, that's what I would say probably. Like I wish to be financially yeah. set for my life. Like that would be great. Yeah. Like yeah, like give me like five. Like I'll take hundred million bucks. That's it. Thank you. Take keep your stone. <laughs> I'll just keep to myself. Thank you very much. You know what an underrated one would be. To never be stuck in traffic. The implications of that are fascinating, isn't it? It's it's a it's a crazy one to think about. Cause like how would like it would be like Bruce Almighty where like he's driving and he parts the traffic and it just like whenever you're driving by the cars just move. Like yeah. that would be how it, it's set up. Yeah, I don't know, but it's an intriguing question. It is because uh, my other wish, if I didn't say like a hundred million dollars, would be. I wish this movie was better than it was, um, which is a great segue into our main topic, which is Wonder Woman 1984. And Dave and I haven't done many new movie reviews this year because, well, you know why. We don't need to go over all of it. Uh, we, let, let's just say we did a 2020 movie pre- movies preview, and we haven't talked about many of them. So uh, Dave has seen more than I have, as, as usual. He saw like 1,000 last year, and I saw like f- 35. But... <laughs> Um, let's just say there are movies that are in my top 10 that would not be in my top 10 in a normal year. Uh, but alas, Wonder Woman 1984, Dave put together a fantastic outline as always. So we'll run, we'll run it down. So Wonder Woman 1984, it was directed by Patty Jenkins, written by Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan. Uh, Gal Gadot is Diana Prince, uh, as Wonder Woman, obviously, Chris Pine is Steve Trevor, Kristen Wiig is Barbara Minerva, and Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord who sort of kind of won the movie for me, but anyway. Uh, the scores, Dave, not great. Not not really that good. The Rotten Tomato Critic score is 62%. The Rotten Tomato Audience score is 72%. The Metacritic is at 59, which is not god-awful, but not good. The IMDb is at 5.7, which is concerning, because IMDb is always higher than it should be for most things. Uh, it being at 5.7 is not a great sign. So let's just start off with the bare bones of it, Dave. What'd you think? I, I think you hit it on the head. That the IMDb at 5.7 yeah. is like for a superhero movie or like an action or drama. That is like a three for a comedy. Like comedies mostly in the fives and the sixes, unless it's really, really historically good. And it's a seven or an eight. But like this movie overall, Pedro Pascal was, was pretty good. I thought, uh, Gal Gadot, I think, is always really good. I think she always does a really good job. That was a good casting choice when they first came out with her as the as Wonder Woman. Um, this screenplay 
you want to be careful because uh, these people put a lot of work in, but we waited three years for this. This is a bad movie. This is, yeah. this is like, it's very convoluted. The, the, the visual quality of it, not good. The choices of the scenes, first of all, movie's too long. Two and a half hours was too long for this movie. Um, and I felt like overall the payoff of this movie, the buildup was not that good. And the payoff was equally as bad, I thought. Um, so yeah. I just was really disappointed. And maybe that part of it is because we waited so long. And the first one was like kind of like their crown jewel so far. Do you see this was really their property that they were like, man, this is a great property. We have something here. Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot. But I, I just didn't like this movie that much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I know we're in lockstep on a lot of things, and this this is no exception. It's it's not a good movie, and it, it really pains me to say that because I really wanted to like the movie. I mean, just the premise itself, the first Wonder Woman is very good, and let's face it, DC hasn't had a lot of hits with these movies, and this was you know their, their, their big ticket right now because the first Wonder Woman was, was really good. Uh, dare I say, third act... A, a really good third act away from being a classic superhero movie. Uh, even if it does have one of the best superhero scenes, I think, with the past 10 years in No Man's Land. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Gal Gadot cast very well as a Wonder Woman. She's she's good in the role. Um, but this movie was just lacking in everything. It had really no comic relief other than Pedro Pascal just devouring the scenery around him. Uh, the plot, and I know we'll get into it in a few more minutes, but the plot just made absolutely no sense, and it was so convoluted, so many questions. I think my two biggest issues are with the plot, which goes back to the writing too, but the plot, and in some scenes, we're in 2020, some of the scenes looked horrible, like the CGI was bad in some of these scenes, like the mall scene, which reportedly Patty Jenkins refused to cut, Somebody should have just done it without telling her because it looked terrible. Yeah. That, honestly, when I was watching, my first thought was maybe they're keeping it like this to make it look like 1984. <laughs> like, yeah. it was so staticky and gross. Like, maybe that was the effect they're going for. But, like, it's just, I would have been, I mean, and this is sitting on our house, right? So, no matter what TV you're watching it for, it's not as good as the picture in the theater. Right. And imagine if we're sitting in the theater and your first glimpse at this movie that you've been waiting three years for is that piece of garbage i i mean people people would walk out on that that's disgusting like that's a gross scene i mean first of all it doesn't add a lot no and it's just i think the being in the movie was just really not good in general like i mean we already we already agreed the movie's not good in general but like the, the beginning of the movie was just first of all the young diana like i understand why it's necessary because it's basically you know sort of rebuilding her, like her childhood, giving you a glimpse into that and how she became who she was, but I thought it was just too long. It was, a, was it was a little long. I liked it because, I mean, especially what came after where there was like almost no action and no Wonder Woman and no Amazon, you know, no, no Themyscira at all. So I liked a nice extended action sequence and it was really good. The, also, the thing about that though, Dave, is like it went nowhere. Like nowhere in the plot did it really come back or resurface. Like... We didn't yeah. get any, like, maybe if you look for it, there was some sort of indication of where they were going with it, but we never really got payoff on that. And don't even get me started with the with the, with the golden wingsuit that was in every promotion and every poster, and it was in the movie for, like, 30 seconds. 
and she just ditched it, like literally just got rid of it. It was like, okay, well, that's over. Um, I liked the opening sequence, because, and especially looking back on the rest of the movie, because like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of action. It was two and a half hours, and there wasn't even that much action. And when there was, it didn't look very good. It, like you said, it looked like they were aiming for 1984. Like, not what you want out of a movie that... And like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, too. Imagine seeing this in a theater, like on a big screen. This would have looked even worse. This would have looked even more laughable. So we're kind of lucky that we only had to watch it on our TV. And I'm also really happy that I didn't have to pay for it because I said on Twitter afterwards, I'm definitely kinder to this movie because I didn't have to pay... I mean, it's a, through a subscription service, but if I had drove like driven to the theater, paid money, sat down for two and a half hours and watched this, I would have been much harder on it. So the fact I got to watch it at home, I was definitely a little bit more lenient than I should have been. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it now. I think my score is something like, I think I gave it 20, I'm going to lower it to 27 out of 50 states, which is roughly like a 54. Um, uh, this might be sort of a hot take, but you know, I know it's 2020 and a lot of movies haven't come out this year. This is the worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah, it, it it's not good. I think I'm probably a tad bit higher than that. I think I'm I think I'm somewhere around a twenty nine or a thirty. But I mean, this is this is not a good movie from where we started, uh, because like I said, <clears throat> this was the one property where you looked at it and said DC didn't screw this up. Like Shazam is obviously kind of a newer property, so you can't really judge that yet until we get a sequel to balance it out. But this was the one property where they casted it really well. You feel like they had a director in place to go with with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. Jenkins, And I think Patty Jenkins has to answer a lot of questions for this because there's a lot of of stories coming out that she wants to keep these scenes like you already said, the mall scene. She she doesn't want anyone to touch it. She doesn't want anyone to shorten it. And then it just so happens that, you know, this month or a few months ago, she said, like, the the last act of the first movie that, DC had or uh, Warner Brothers had her add this and that, and which is like, you know, it's obviously some sort of ploy because she says that two years later after everyone's already watched the movie four times. It's like th- that's something you say before the movie comes out that if you really feel that strongly about it. Uh, but I just think overall she has to answer a lot of questions about this, and I don't feel super confident for like a third one being really really good with her behind the helm again. Um, just because I think, I don't know, really know what she was thinking when she thought of this creative, like she helped write this. This wasn't a case where someone else wrote it and she's just putting it in a, you know, doing the best she can. Like she helped write this. Right. I don't understand anything about this movie. Like it, it's not good. Yeah. So I feel like the best way to go through this is we can, I think most of this will be covered when we talk about, cause there were pretty much four main characters in this movie. And I think we could just go character by character, beat by beat, and I think we'll hit on most of the things we want to talk about. So let's start with Gal Gadot. She obviously is is Diana. She is Wonder Woman. Um, Although you wouldn't know it because there's almost no Wonder Woman in this movie. Uh, Really kind of cast aside in her own movie. That's at least how it felt to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I felt like we go to see superhero movies to like kind of like escape normal life and to see people have superhuman abilities and fight and be in these crazy action scenes. And this felt like a movie that we were trying to watch like two people almost put like detective and wander around and try to find people. Uh, and there really wasn't a thrilling aspect to it. There wasn't an action aspect to it. We barely saw Andy Warner woman. We barely saw her in the suit at all. I mean, it, it was just really, really poorly, poorly placed. Yeah. It's, it was just, 
boring. And, like, that is probably the worst thing you can say about a superhero movie. Like, I get that, like, I really don't want to bring this movie into the discussion, but, like, at least Suicide Squad tried to be fun. Like, it was bad. It's worse than this, which is a real indictment on Suicide Squad, but at least some of these movies that are bad try to be fun in some way. This movie didn't feel like that at any point. It just, it had a couple of good scenes here and there. Like I said, Pedro Pascal, after getting to ditch the Mandalorian helmet, finally gets to act in front of a camera, and he he definitely acted, that's for sure. Um, But... It, it just felt like there was so much left to be desired in this movie. There was so much left, it, which is funny because, like, two and a half hours, it feels like there was stuff left on the cutting room floor that should have been in there instead of the mall scene or really so many others that come to mind. Um, and this is all spoilers, by the way. We really haven't spoiled that much anyway, but I'm going to say spoilers now in case you haven't seen this movie yet. Go go watch it. Or don't because we've spent the past 15 minutes or so just kind of not talking great about it. Um <laughs> We got we got to touch on the plot here. What? <laughs> what? Like, are you serious? Like, the first movie was center like centered on World War One. Like, it was pretty straight up story of where we were going with it. And then you get Ares, and he looked like shit, which is you know that's whatever. That's the first movie. But here, there's this dreamstone that you wish on and it's supposed to bring about the end of days and like every civilization it's come through and it's just and you have to let and Pedro Pascal is trying to touch people through like satellite waves and trying to get them to wait it was so needlessly convoluted uh, it's this it feels like a storyline that should have played out over two movies rather than just one because they really crammed as much as they could into this. And it, there was just so much, so many twists and turns so quickly that you really had a struggle to keep up. Like, if you look down for a split second, you're kind of lost on the plot. And that's not, that's not a movie should be, especially superhero movies, which should be a little bit more fun to, to keep track of. But, man, dude, the, the climax at the end with, with when she, I tweeted this out, but when she looked in the camera broke the fourth wall and said, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to them. Like, it actually sent shivers down my spine of how cringy it was. Like, that was stupid. Yeah. That was a stupid line and a stupid scene. And, like, all that all that work for such a ridiculously stupid payoff. Yeah, it, it was... Honestly, the story kind of reminded me of Spider-Man 3, where they kind of were just trying to cram in, like, a hundred different things in one movie. Um, it's funny you mention that, because... While I did like her performance, Kristen Wiig had a real Topher Grace vibe to her. Yeah, she like, did. Yeah. Oops. Like, like uh, kind of like that nerdy outcast who just wants to fit in and be stronger than they are and more outspoken than they are. And, like, I mean, she's a way better actor than Topher Grace is and really played it up better. But, yeah, they both... That, that really had some Topher Grace Venom vibes for me. So it's an apt comparison, Spider-Man 3, because, uh, I, oh my god, I still don't think it could be worse than Spider-Man 3, but, I mean... But when you, when you consider where it's coming from, yeah. like, the first Wonder Woman was just so, like, look, it's, it's not like a Hall of Fame, like, it's not Endgame, but it was a really good movie. Yeah. And, and we're going to this, which is, like, you're almost going from, like, 
a Lamborghini to like a 96 Ford. And you're like, wait, what happened? Like, why did I all of a sudden switch cars? Um, and it, it's just sort of annoying and confusing because they had the new suit and they had a hero that everyone liked, well-casted. And all you had to do was throw in a couple fight scenes that really kind of rev people's engine and get people excited about the movie. And instead, they barely they barely show her in her, in her suit. They barely show any fight scenes. The payoff is like you're waiting. First of all, two and a half hours, like we said, way too long. Should have really been two hours. And then we finally get to the end, and the payoff is just so small and so pathetic that you end up sitting there and wondering why you even sat there watching in the first place. Yeah, it, it's just something else. And I mean, we can move on to the next character, uh, which is Chris Pine and Steve Trevor. So Diana's wish is for Steve to come back, and some really problematic um, you know, uh, what well, implications here because he takes over somebody else's body. We don't see that person beyond the first time that we acknowledge it's Steve Trevor. So really, really strange. I'm not sure why. I think Emily brought up when we were watching it. Like, why couldn't he just have come back? Like, why did he have to kind of like just, uh, I guess, sh- take over somebody's body, like possess them, so to speak, and becomes like why couldn't he just be regular steve trevor like is that what happens when I, like i'm sure she's not the only one who wished for a loved a dead loved one to come back so is that what would happen with a lot of other people like did they do you like this dreamstone supposed to do anything it can't just it can't manifest a human being like it it created a huge ass wall in egypt it couldn't bring a human like it couldn't manifest a human like am i supposed to believe that yeah it, it's just it was so ridiculous uh, because every time, like, you saw him the first time, and he was, like, talking like, Steve Trevor, and you're like, oh, okay, like, maybe he's, like, a messenger, and all of a sudden he just turns into Steve Trevor, and you're sitting there, and you're like, um, okay, and then all of a sudden at the very end of the movie, like, we're supposed to, like, get chills and, like, make, it's supposed to, like, what, make a smile, because, like, he goes back to the other guy, and she's, like, sees him and in, in that guy, and it's just, like, you know, this is just, it's just so stupid. Dude, like, just, and- just bring the guy back. Emily and I were so confused. I was like, so I, I think maybe maybe she sees the other guy, but we see him. And then literally the next line was her. was like, I just see you. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's even weirder. Like, And then, like, they definitely slept together. So, like, did she also sleep, like, with this man she doesn't like it's It is so confusing and so unnecessary. We did not need that. They could have just brought him up of, uh, out of dust, like when, I'm assuming, like, what it looked like when all the characters in the MCU came back when they got snapped back to life. Like, they could have just done that, and we would who would have cared at that point? By the, by the way, by the time he got, came back to the movie, everybody was so thrown off and, and disappointed, so who would have cared at that point? Just bring him back. Like, we don't need this, this stuff. And the question that sat with me, too, was, why was he so astonished by fireworks? Yeah. Fireworks have been around for hundreds of years. Like, hundreds of years. He should know what they are. And then, first of all, you can't fly through them to begin with. That's ridiculous. But, at least, I don't think you can do that. But, I'm like, he's he's acting like, like he's a caveman watching fire get invented with every new thing he sees. Like, yes, he won't know what breakdancing is. And, but, he's definitely gonna know what fireworks are. 
That's like him looking at a wheel of cheese and saying, what is this? What, this isn't cheese. I'm not used to seeing this. Like, what are you, what are you talking? Like, was that what, that scene felt like it lasted five minutes. They could have cut that right out. Like, the invisible jet thing was cool, too. That was cool. It was like a nice throwback. A nice Wonder Woman moment. And then it gets immediately ruined by that stupid fireworks scene. <laughs> and and I thought it was really, really interesting because in the first movie, he was so good as Steve Trevor. Like, he was he was really awesome in that first movie, his performance. And in this movie, I feel like... I think if I'm doing if I'm doing grading, I think 70, 65 to seventy percent is the script that was bad for him, and then thirty percent for him was just not that good. I thought he was just not that good of a character this time, and um, I just think overall when you look at it, he's clearly thrown in there to be some sort of like comic relief at times, like with the clothing, with the random comments about the fireworks, and like none of those made me laugh. Like, the, when he's changing clothes, like, it was supposed to be, like, this funny scene, like, oh, my God, look at, like, all these different outfits that look so stupid. And I'm just sitting there, like, we really could have done without this. Like, not that funny. I mean, I liked Chris. I liked him a bit more than, than it sounds like you did. I thought he brought an element to them. Because at that point, it was just so boring Anytime Pedro Pascal wasn't on the screen. So I was just like, give me something different. Like, I liked Steve Trevor, so I was hopeful he would be a little bit better. And he brought a couple, I chuckled a couple times, this movie wasn't funny, so, I mean, that's a win for Steve Trevor. Um, it was fine, I mean, he, he worked with what he was given, and Chris Pine's, Chris Pine's always going to give you probably a, a good performance, and he was good. It's just, I felt like he wasn't uh, done justice with the script they gave him is the problem. And a lot of our issues lead back to the script and the story, which uh, usually is a telltale sign the movie's not going to be very good, so, there's that. Uh... Anything else to add on Chris Pine? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think the script for a lot of people, it just didn't really make that much sense. And if you're not Pedro Pascal and you don't have it, what seems like he had a lot of creative freedom with his like tone, his mannerisms, um, I just don't think you really have the opportunity to showcase as much. Next up, we have Kristen Wiig as uh, Barbara Minerva or the Cheetah. So just a few questions here. Um, so the, the cheetah, apparently, uh, I'm not big into DC comics. I'm barely into Marvel comics, uh, like the actual books themselves. Apparently cheetah is like one of the biggest Wonder Woman villains there is. So it makes sense they would have her in the movie. Um, and Kristen Wiig is good. She's, you know, she holds her own. Some of the lines, as we've said before with other characters, some of the lines, not great. Uh, but she works with what she's got. She's a professional. And... But we all know where this is going, and that is the final battle with Wonder Woman, where the CGI looks bad. It looks bad. And it's ridiculous. Um, and I'm not the first person to say this, um, but she looks like she belongs in Cats. And Dave can actually identify with that reference because he's seen it. I know. <laughs> Thank God. It looked bad. Um, it looked real bad, actually. Like, it looked really bad. Like, not just bad. Like, it looked, it looked laughable. Like, again. Yeah, the whole, all the visuals in this movie. So it's kind of funny, and we'll touch more on the other DC movies soon. But it sort of reminded me of like Birds of Prey, where like there's just a lot of colors and like different visuals on the screen at once, and it just didn't look that good. Like it was kind of like a throw up of colors and like different paints, and it's just like oh, like I don't really like looking at this. See, um, I I disagree a little bit, just because a Birds of Prey was like fun at times. Um, it had like a really, I, I think, 
I think Margot Robbie is better as the lead of Harley Quinn than Gal Gadot is at Wonder Woman, which might be kind of a hot take. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're both very good. I liked Birds of Prey probably more than, than you did. I mean, I expected more superhero movies this year, so I was expecting it to be kind of on the lower end. But uh, it, overall, it's, you know, it's a fine movie. But anyway... Um, I, I agree with what you say about the colors, like there was, you know, there was colors everywhere, um, but that was kind of what we expected for both these movies. And then of course they had two villains who just chewed the scenery for every moment they were on screen, just completely just hoovering it in as much as they could, just hamming it up. And uh, I also liked Ewan McGregor more than I did uh, you, Pedro Pascal. Both of them were great though. Um, but yeah, it's... It's it just... Uh, she was good at first. Like I liked her kind of her descent... Uh, into madness and you know losing that morality that she had so like that's fine but uh, I also just I, I know that she was never gonna she wasn't gonna be anything but the cheetah like she was only always gonna be the cheetah but when she wrote that line about like being the apex predator I'm like you had all the big cats to choose from and you chose the cheetah like you didn't chose, choose lion tiger even leopard but you chose cheetah it just like, I, you had to be the cheetah, so, like, why don't you, like, write, like, a more clever line, like, I want to be quick, and, you know, more than meets the eye, or something, like, something really, like, deep or in-depth. Instead, you just go, like, Apex Predator, and, like, yeah, the cheetah's a really great predator, but, like, come on, it lives in the same continent as lions, like, why not be the lioness, or something, like, I don't know, it just, it was one, I hate to nitpick, but it was just one of those lines that I was, like, like, why even say it at all? Like, we know what you're going to be. Like, we know what you're going to transform into. Just say you want to be better. Like, that's it. Yeah, and... I mean, I know, like... Did you like the scene where they were in the, the White House and they were fighting? I, I thought that was... It felt kind of forced. It did. It was a decent set piece. I mean, you needed it to move the plot along because you needed to establish that Cheetah was going to defend uh, Max Lords. Like, you needed it, but... It did feel a little bit forced. I did like the scene. I mean, like that's that action scene actually looked good. Like the scene where she yeah. was, she and and uh, Steve Trevor were beating people up. Like that was a cool scene, and it had a, a real you know nice tight feel to it. Um, the scene of her fighting Cheetah, not so much. Um, we did need to establish that she's losing her powers and all that stuff, but or we already established that. But like actually see her kind of getting drained, but it you know it. It was fine. I mean, it wasn't... I still think the first scene in the movie might be the best because it's just... It's a really long... A little too long, but a very good action set piece for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It's... That that last battle scene with Cheetah should have been so much better. Between the suit and the CGI, it was just marred. And it was also really dark, a lot of that scene. It suffered from uh, from Game of Thrones-itis, just too dark at the pivotal scene. And uh, yeah, just... Not great. But then again, if it was brighter, we would have seen the bad CGI up close. So I don't know what I want more, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a really tough rock and a hard place kind of pick right there. Anything else to add about Barbara Minerva? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I thought she was fine in places and she did all right with, you know, it just there's just a lot to take in. And, you know, the real crux of her performance or, or of any superhero movie is like the fights that they're in. And we couldn't even really say she was good or bad because it looks so terrible. And then we come to who I think was the star of the show, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, who is the villain of the movie. Uh, and boy, oh boy, does he relish in this role, Dave. 
Uh, I can understand how it might be a little much for you if you didn't like the performance, but if I'm looking for any positives from this movie, it was without a doubt, I think, Pedro Pascal. I mean, he gave you something to look at every time he was on the screen. He was engaging. He was funny at times. He was cruel. He had kind of everything you needed from a villain, just not the writing, as the writing just wasn't there. And I think the the MacGuffin kind of like everything, like that whole, the whole Dreamstone thing just never really grabbed my attention. Um, so that really kind of went against him. But again, that's not really his fault. He worked with what he could. And overall, I thought he was the best part of the movie. Yeah, and I mean... Like we said, it's kind of he's the best part of what this movie was, and he did a good performance with what he had. He had a lot of fun. Like you could kind of feel the emotion through his character, which was cool. Um, and they, I thought they did a good job. He kind of it looked kind of cool, like when he started bleeding. Mm. I, I looked pretty cool, like one the one kind of cool visual they had. Uh, but it was just overall, it was he's probably pretty easily the best performance of this movie. Um, everyone else was either just okay or bad. And actually, I shouldn't say that. Gal Gadot was probably maybe a little above that. And Steve Trevor was probably right around good, maybe a little average. But, um, you know, it's just, it's what you're given. And I kind of refuse to hold it against any of these characters or actors because I think the script is pretty bad in this. And it's tough to say that because these people work really hard on it. Um, we don't know what their intentions were as far as maybe things were, I don't know, miscast or maybe they feel like they should have changed it and they changed it up on the fly and it's kind of rushed. But no matter what, I think it falls on the writers and this script was just not good. Yeah. So now that we've gotten through those main characters, we kind of talked about the plot a lot as we went through that. So Dave, you wrote down some questions here. Uh, you wrote, will there be a third? Absolutely. I have no doubt about that. Um, we've seen bad sequels, not tank franchises. So yeah, there'll be another one. Um, I think the question is, how excited are you for it? <laughs> uh, I, I, I did some reading. Um, it seems like 2023 is the next one and seems pretty locked in, and there might even be a fourth one after that, which God only help, God help us at that point. Um, but uh, I was very excited for this movie because I really liked the first Wonder Woman, and I'm just not that excited for the next movie. I'm just not that excited anymore. Yep. That's uh, pretty much nailed down everything I wanted to say about it. Uh, I'm not too excited for it. I'm hopeful it'll be better, but I'm uh, not not holding my breath. Um, HBO Max, you wrote down here, Dave, uh, we'll have two superhero movies a year along with four other movies with theatrical release. Um, whether that's a good or bad idea, uh, I mean, just going by what we've seen from them so far, I can only imagine it's not a great idea. Unless we get, you know, the next few movies that we'll be going over in a few minutes, like our real home runs, then maybe. But, I mean, at this point, it just feels like everybody's waiting for Batman. That's kind of what it feels like for me. Yeah, I, honestly, it kind of felt like they're trying, they know they messed up kind of the last few movies. And they're trying to just throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. Um, like, they're kind of doing the opposite approach of Marvel, which is like Marvel's doing maybe two, maybe three movies a year. But they're going to be awesome. And DC wants to do like six because they're hoping to double their chance of getting a really good movie. And it just it kind of stinks for DC too because this was like the year it felt like for them, especially with Marvel delaying their stuff because of the pandemic. And it felt like DC could strike. You know, they had Birds of Prey, and now that they were releasing Wonder Woman as an eighty four, despite the fact that you know Marvel wasn't going to have any major releases this year, 
it felt like a, a chance to strike and kind of maybe get one leg up, and it it just they tripped over themselves is really the only way I can put it. Um, where do we see the next crossover? Hmm. I mean, I would have to say I I would think. I would say Suicide Squad, which comes out next year. I'd say it's probably going to be a crossover there. There's got, I mean, like, are you talking about Wonder Woman crossover or crossovers in general? I was thinking of both. I, I mean, I think Wonder Woman's probably two movies away from yeah. another crossover, but uh, because I'm sure there'll be, at some point, there'll be another Justice League. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, there will at some point be another one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I also was thinking, kind of shift, shift gears. Because I know Patty Jenkins had talked about in the past she wanted to do a lot of other movies, and then there was the whole debate of, like, they're releasing on HBO Max, and all these directors are like, well, screw that, I'm going to go to, like, your rival and direct a movie. Like, I'm kind of curious if she's ever going to direct a Star Wars or, or something of that degree. Yeah, that's, it's, a good, it's a good point, actually, a good segue, because she is slated to direct a Star Wars movie. And, I'm like, you and I aren't huge Star Wars guys, but... I've seen the grumblings on Twitter of people asking, like, it, like, or not asking, but they're starting to worry about her Star Wars movie because they were like, oh, Patty Jenkins, she's great. This movie's going to be great. And then we got this, and now people are like, okay, well, maybe we have to start tempering our expectations of what this movie's going to be. So, yeah, I mean, I can't blame them, but... I mean, she'll definitely direct another franchise, obviously, if she, the Star Wars one pans out, but this is not not a great movie, for sure. So, uh, not not a, not a great not a great look, I guess. But you know what? Directors have made worse movies, so whatever. I guess it happens, right? And Yeah, and, I mean, she... I mean, this was not a good movie, but her first one was good, so maybe, you know, this could also just be a blip on the radar. Maybe the next one will be really good, you know? Uh, but I'm just I'm not that hopeful anymore. I, I think there's a lot of shine off the off of her product, off the first Wonder Woman. So we'll see what the next one holds. But um, everyone only remembers you for what you did last in this industry. So it's just going to be really tough for her. All right, Dave. Let's get this over with. Let's rank the DCEU. <sighs> All right. So let's go bottom to top here. Um, I'm assuming we both have Suicide Squad in dead last. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Um, I have this at number eight. I yeah. Think, I think the only I, movie that's worse than this is Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. This is a bad movie. I think I think I have this one. Man, I, I'm kind of torn. I have three movies kind of in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. I have Batman vs. Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. I think those yeah. movies all stink. Yeah, see, I would put... Next, I put Aquaman because as people listening to this podcast know, we did not like that movie either. Um, and then I would put BVS above it. Like, I hate to be that guy, but, like, BVS has Batman and Superman in it, so, like, that just kind of gives it the edge over other bad movies. Like, yeah. it's a bad movie. It has the Martha moment, which is, like, iconically terrible, but it still has Batman and Superman. It has some cool scenes in it, too, so... I'm willing to forgive at least that to put it above those three movies. So we at least have the same four in that bottom tier. Uh, after that, sweet Jesus. Um, I I'd, I'd go. I would go Man of Steel just because I I don't I don't remember much about it. I don't even see the full thing quite honestly. But I can't imagine it's any worse than Batman vs Superman. But I don't think it's much better than Justice League, which I also don't love. Um, so yeah, I would probably put Justice League and Man of Steel in that same tier. 
see, I would go a little bit different. I'd go mm-hmm. Justice League, then Birds of Prey, then Man of Steel. I would put, I yeah, no, I I was I would say Man of Steel, Justice League, and then like in its own tier, I'd put Birds of Prey, just because I feel like it's it's better than those other two to me at least, but it's not quite Wonder Woman or Shazam. That's just how I feel about it. It's kind of in like an uncanny valley of being good, but like not as good as what it should have been. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get that. I, I thought it was an okay to good movie. Like I thought um, it kind of also gets a bump because of there not being really any other movies to judge it off of. Right. Like for, there's not really any other superhero movies this year until Wonder Woman. So yeah. I think, I mean, it's just, it's really surprising. Like you said, you already brought this up, but I mean, if, if we had rewinded time and the first Wonder Woman had come out on HBO Max, we'd be talking about how much HBO or uh, DC killed it this year. Like, they didn't make a bad movie, and they released two really good heroes that people love. Right. Um, and we're just not in that, that spot anymore. So, and then my number two is Wonder Woman. My number one is Shazam. I think yeah. Shazam is, I think, I would even go as far as to say by far their best movie. Like I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say by far, but I, I would agree with that. With that ranking, um, I think it's just such a, I think it's such a fun movie. I actually want to rewatch it because I've only seen it the one time and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I've been playing the Injustice video games, and Shazam, the characters is cool in that one. So I want to, uh, uh, I want to check out that movie again because I really, really enjoyed it. It's a very fun movie, and that's something that DC is not very experienced in. So, yep, Shazam, very, very good. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, let's then, talk. Yeah, go ahead. Well, then I was gonna say there's one that's. Uh, one really interesting aspect of this whole pandemic is Shazam was the one movie where it's really on a tight schedule because the kids are growing up. Right. So it's really, really tough with the pandemic. You lose a complete year of filming. Like that's what makes me really like really wonder about black Adam because that's, that's the third movie in Shazam. Like that's not even the next movie. That's the third one. Um, so like, I'm just not really sure how that's going to go. Like these kids, Unless you haven't shoot both movies back to back, but then you haven't you haven't even done a Black Adam movie. Like it's just yeah. there's just a lot of questions. So talking about what's coming up, we'll get to Black Adam last because that one doesn't even have a release date. Uh, Suicide Squad comes out next year, I believe. That's one of the ones dropping on HBO Max. I'm excited for it because of James Gunn, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean James Gunn is doing it, and I th- I think uh, I think he's definitely going to do a good job with it. Uh, I think it's going to be funny, and I think it's going to be kind of in the mold of. Uh, Guardians, which will be fun. Obviously, won't be as good, but <clears throat> it'll be it'll be fun. I think. Well, they already tried ripping off Guardians, the first Suicide Squad. So let's That's hope true. let's hope this time the guy that made Guardians of the Galaxy can make it feel more like Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, sure. I'm not sure of the release dates on these, but the Batman 2022 is what I have next. That's the Robert Pattinson, Colin Farrell, Zoe Kravitz. Oh my God, Paul Dano, I think is in that too. A lot of people are in that. That one we got the trailer for a few months ago, and I'm, I got to admit, I'm still pretty hyped for this. They could release like ten turds between now and then. I'm still gonna see this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm undoubtedly gonna see any movie that DC puts out, no matter what the thought process is behind it, because mm. we see every movie. But we we are sheep, Dave. We can admit it proudly. <laughs> yes, we we can. Um, but I'm I'm kind of excited for you know. First, the next Shazam. I'm excited for Batman, but that's kind of that's kind of bit for me. I'm not really that excited about any other ones. Wait a minute, you're not excited about the Flash, <laughs> a movie that's been in production for like seven years. You're not excited for another two hours and forty minutes of Aquaman. All right, so I won't lie. 
I do. I love the Flash as a character, so I'm actually kind of excited for this movie if it ever comes out. Aquaman 2, I could not be less excited for. Why? Because Dave and I hated Aquaman. So <laughs> why do I want to see another two half, like Dave said, another two and a half hours of man talks to fish? I could not care less. Like, honestly, I, I barely tolerated the first Aquaman to begin with. I don't need another one of these. Am I going to see it? Well, we need to make fun of something. So yes, but... Am I going to enjoy it? Almost certainly not. And I'm not sure if you're talking about Aquaman 2 or the spinoff, The Trench, which is also coming out. Oh, Jesus. So we're getting an Aquaman spinoff and this and why? Because it made a billion dollars. So, yeah, of course, they're going to make more of them. I'm not sure what the market is for The Trench, but okay. I mean, I think personally, Dave, I could be wrong here. I'm not a movie executive, but I think the big pull for Aquaman was Aquaman. So unless he's not in the trench, who cares? And who cares about the second one? Apparently people do because they're making it. But, whew, gets me charged up, man. Uh, that being said, not excited for I, I just could not be less excited for an Aquaman movie. Like, I just don't understand what there is to gain from it. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, obviously people are going to see it. They're probably going to make... I don't think they'll make a billion dollars. Um, I think they might make, like, 900 million. But... Which is enough for them to make it, obviously. But it's just like, I think at a certain point, your brand needs to be important. And, and this brand needs to have better production, needs to have better movies. And until that comes, like, they're always going to be the distant, like, the distant cousin of Marvel. Like, Marvel's always going to dominate until they put out a movie that's worth it. And that is, inc- that is like, crazy when you think about it. Because they have Batman and Superman in their arsenal, like... Those are the two, probably other than Spider-Man, those are the three most popular superheroes of all time. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And they've made good movies with these characters. I mean, the Superman, they haven't made a great movie in like 40 years, but Batman, you've made great, one of the best movies ever made, let alone comic book movies, you've made one. Like, it's, these are two iconic characters. And like you said, it's pretty much those two in Spider-Man. They're like the three most well-known superheroes of all time. So you should be able to use this IP effectively. And the fact that they are relying on, you know, Aquaman and guy, I love Shazam, but those two to bring in the bucks. I mean, come on now. Like, and it's a good segue because Shazam Fury of the gods comes out in 2023. I'm excited for it. Cause I like the first Shazam loved the first Shazam. I would even say so, uh, without knowing anything else about this movie, I'm pretty jacked for it. And this, this is sort of like the wonder woman like thing where it's, mm. Next movie, we have not really any idea what to expect, but we think we're excited for it because the first one gave us reason to be excited for it. And hopefully they don't, you know, take a giant dump on Shazam like they did with Wonder Woman 1984. But um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, this is I would say, you know, I'm always going to be excited for Batman movies. um, But but Suicide Squad and Shazam are really the, the other two that kind of even remotely get me excited. And Shazam definitely more than Suicide Squad. And then we have Black Adam, which was, I think, supposed to come out a couple of years, and then because of the pandemic, it got indefinitely delayed. Um, Sure, The Rock is Black Adam. He'll probably be very good at it. Uh, We don't know anything until we see the movie or even a shot from the set. So, But then again, the shot from Shazam of him wearing the costume on the set looked absurd, and the movie was great. So maybe we won't just know anything until a trailer comes out. Um, I am lukewarm on it, unless it's... I don't know. I don't know what to really tell you about this one. I wish I could be more charged up about it, but it exists. That's all I got for you. 
Yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of those that's just in production hell for the rest of the time, and I'm not sure we ever get this movie. I think I talked. I guess it off air. It'll be the next Gambit. This movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, TV miniseries. I know they got a few of those, and then of course we have the Snyder cut of Justice League, which I have gone on record as saying is going to be worse than the original, um, because people are so hyped up about it. And when does it come out? Do you know? Uh, I believe it comes out beginning of next year. I want to say like maybe March. Like 2021 or 2022? 2021. Wow. Okay. So we're going to get this. He was just editing the new stuff and putting the, new, the old footage back in. Right. Right. Well, we'll see if it's any good. Um, my prediction is it's still going to be mediocre, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, in Snyder, we trust, except we don't because he's made some bad movies. Um, before we go to some disappointing superhero sequels, Dave... I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the mid-credits scene, which features Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman. It was a very cool scene. It might actually be one of the best scenes in the movie, because um, you're led to believe that it's Diana, and uh, then it ends up being, um, oh my god, what's the name of the character? The the one that she mentions that wore the gold suit. S-Tira or something? Or? Yeah, something like that, but it ends up being her as Linda Carter, who was the original Wonder Woman, which is awesome. It was a really cool Easter egg, really nice moment, uh, nice tribute. So, hell yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, some disappointing superhero sequels. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of any Fantastic Four movie, which is true. <laughs> um, technically only one sequel, but that one was bad, so there's that. I, I figured I would just throw the whole yeah, lot of them. Might as well throw the franchise in there. Um, Batman and Robin. I also going to throw Batman Forever in there, both pretty bad. Yep, both uh, could be in there. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, not a good movie at all. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man's decent. This one's just bad. Like, real bad. Um, X-Men The Last Stand and Dark Phoenix. Same storyline, different movies, both terrible. <laughs> I can't believe that that Dark Phoenix movie, like, that is such an abomination. Yep. Go go to CastBox and listen to our old episode about Dark Phoenix. We talked about it, and it was, uh, I would say a fun time, but I'd be lying, because it was terrible. The movie, at and, least. It might only be the... That might be one of the only movies that we've ever talked so poorly about. Below, yeah. like Aquaman, below, Dark Phoenix, below. like those two. Like, yeah, Dark Phoenix has to be the worst superhero movie we've reviewed, right? I mean, it has to be below Venom. Has I think it's below. Oh, yeah. Unless we didn't review Suicide Squad, right? We didn't no, do that. We weren't around for that. That was 2016. We started in 2017, and we were doing sports yeah. to start too. So, no, <laughs> but um, yeah. Dark Phoenix is probably the worst. I would even say Aquaman's better than Dark Phoenix, which is like... I, yeah, I'd rather watch Aquaman than Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Permission to come aboard. Um, and then, <laughs> number one, you got uh, Wesley Sykes, if you're listening, Cover Your Ears, Spider-Man 3, which I will say is, is a terrible movie, and I think it's worse than this, but at least Spider-Man 3, A, tried to have fun, and B, was like 45 minutes shorter. Yeah, I, I just... That was the thing that got me. I wasn't sure how long it was when I first started watching Wonder Woman. And then, like, you do one of... First of all, HBO Max's user interface is still not good. Oh, it's terrible. It's te- you can't... Oh, my God, it's terrible. It really is. And and the worst part of it is we hit play, and then we started watching it, we paused it, and it went back to the menu, we hit play again, it went to the beginning. That's like, brutal. what the hell? That's brutal. Uh, but it, it's right up there with Hulu, like... One of these, like, Netflix, for whatever reason, has just figured out the user interface. Netflix had it down from the start, too. Like, (laughs) from the beginning, Netflix had it down. Like, it's just unbelievable how quickly Netflix uh, 
had that had that down pat. So, um, but yeah, that's Wonder Woman 1984. We talked about it. We talked about its context in the DCEU, and it really didn't tease anything coming down the pipeline. We got a cool scene with Linda Carter, but we didn't get any sort of indication of another character or, you know, anything, uh, which would have been nice, but I guess that's too much to ask. Uh, I think I gave it a 27 out of 50. Did you give it 29 or 30? Which one did you settle on? Uh, I'll go 29. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty fair. I'd say failing grade for it is definitely what it deserves. Um, how many movies have you seen this year? I want to see, well, are we talking new movies or are we talking like just movies I hadn't seen before? Let's do both. Um, I believe new movies, I'm at maybe 30 or 35. Yeah. And then movies I hadn't seen before, I've been watching, I watched one a day from That's October right. 1st through like November 23rd or something. I watched one, one a day. <laughs> this guy, man. I'll tell you what, Dave's the movie guy. Go to Dave if you have movie questions. This guy. He knows his stuff. <laughs> Telling you. I, I have a letterbox account if you wanna if you wanna look at it, Drake. That's right. What Dave, say it for the people. Uh, I'm not even sure what it's called. I have to look it That's up. Not right. uh, my my username is DLBiani93. That's right. That's right. DLBiani93. Go check him out on the letterbox. He's always posting about them movies. Um, but Dave, yeah. So uh, before we go, we might as well. Look at the uh, the schedule here. This is our last episode. Our last, uh, not counting trivia tomorrow. Our last episode of 2020. Um, thank God. And uh, 2021, hopefully, will bring better tidings. Uh, 2021 will begin with our, as we usually do. Our tradition now is movies and TV shows coming out that year with our buddy Brandon Maxwell. He'll be on for both. He's confirmed. His agent has locked him in, signed the contract. He's coming on. We got him. Uh, and next week, we're also doing a little NFL award show with Chris Scheim, a friend of the podcast. Uh, he'll be coming on for that. And uh, beyond that, in the month, we have some stuff we're waiting to officially uh, lock into place date-wise. But this is a little something I, I, uh, I coordinated today, Dave, our, our Super Bowl prop bets episode that we do every year. We'll be joined by the Chasers, uh, Chris Jones and uh, Mr. Fiesta will be coming on for that with us. They're the betting guys, so... Uh, We'll be doing a little discussion with them about that. And um, we don't know who will be in the Super Bowl, but I can tell you it'll be two teams. I don't know who they are yet. Um, but take, I, take I'll that. go one step further. There'll be an AFC team and an NFC team. I don't want to give people false hope. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It could. I don't. I don't want to give them any false hope. They might say, you know what? Like if if somehow Washington reaches the Super, like the national, like the NFC title game, won't they just say, you know what? Let's just let the Chiefs and the Steelers be the title game. Like, like we don't even need to worry about this. Like, that's cute. Like, whatever. Like, let's just give them the Super Bowl. Steelers with Mason Rudolph or without Mason Rudolph? Because that's that's a big draw. Steelers with uh, uh, Duck Hodges. <laughs> Duck Hodges. Devlin Hodges. <laughs> Took me a second to pull that name out, but I I, I knew it. I ended up in the old noggin. Uh. But anyway, uh, Dave, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me at David underscore Albiani. I'm at Jacob underscore Morocco. This podcast is at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Check us out at CSLpodcast.com. As the playoffs approach, Dave and I will be posting our predictions on there. So uh, keep it locked so you can make fun of us when inevitably I'm wrong and Dave is probably right. Um, so go check that out. We'll have some other stuff coming to the site uh, here and there soon enough. Uh, but then keep it locked. Go to Apple, Spotify, all those, you know, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, all those fun places. On Apple especially, leave us that five-star review. Subscribe. 
hit the like, whatever, I don't know whatever it is on Spotify. So uh, check us out there, and we will see you guys uh, for trivia, and then next week.